Hello again, and welcome to On the Road with the VIAAA, a podcast put on by the Virginia Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association's Public Relations Committee for athletic administrators both in Virginia and across the country. I'm your host, Jim Harris, co-chair of the VIAAA's Public Relations Committee and coordinator of athletics and student activities at Alexandria City High School. Today's guest is Dick Kemper, past president of the VIAAA, current co-chair of the Leadership Training Committee, and the executive director of the VISAA. He shares with us some of the history of the VIAAA and some best practices from his exciting career as an athletic administrator. Welcome back to another exciting episode of On the Road with the VIAAA. We have a special guest today, Dick Kemper, former uh, president of the VIAAA, current uh, leadership training co-chair, and the VISAA executive director. Welcome on the road, Dick. Thank you very much. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, to have an interaction uh, and then talk about um, the topics that we have for today and and some of them are really really interesting i think uh, some insight that we can get back to so thanks for having me yeah as we uh we're moving on to the 50th anniversary of the vi AAA, i found it important that go back and interview as many of the past presidents as uh as i can just to get a little bit of feel of the history and where the vi AAA has come to where we're going and yeah. uh, i was talking to mike mcgurk uh the NIAAA president, and uh, we're, you know, we're in a little renaissance for the VIAAA. I don't think we've had as much, it's been a long time since we had this much uh, involvement from people. And uh, I think, we, you know, in the, the next 50 years, it's looking great. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think the, the, the direction that the current uh, board and the officers are, are going, it's getting more people involved. We've got to get the uh, younger people uh, that are coming in to show them the importance of being involved and how to get involved. And part of that is being involved in, in the state association as a part of a committee. So I commend the uh, leadership for doing that because it's going to give us uh, uh, more people like our current president-elect. It's really interesting. We never had when Jeff Deasy was the president. Uh, the one group we never had any representation from was Region D. And he got um, Trevor involved, and Trevor's been involved uh, ever since. And now he's, I guess we can say he's going to be, he's the president-elect. He's been announced. Um, so that, that's exciting to see that he came on as a representative, stayed on, got involved in different uh, in, in different. Uh, parts of the association. And I think that's important for, for the young people to see today. Because uh, uh, a lot of times we get immense in our job and we don't, we don't really see the importance of being involved in the state and the national. And, and we got to do a better job of that. Standing. So Dick, tell us the road you took to becoming uh, an athletic administrator in Virginia. You know, where did you grow up? Your schooling, your coaching and career track that led you to your job as an athletic administrator and a little bit of your career? Well, I mean, basically, uh, I'm from Alexandria, Virginia. So I went to, the, at the time when I went to high school, it was George GW High School. And um, that split 
my sophomore year in high school, and that's when uh, Francis Hammond um, opened up. Uh, I had a, a played football and basketball, whatever, but I had uh, two people that really um, influenced me when I was there. Um, one was uh, my uh, freshman football coach who was on the varsity staff was a, a person named uh, Red Karn who had played at William Murray. And then he went on to be the, the first head coach at the Hammond High School. And then from there, he left and went to one of our schools, Woodbury Farms. So I had kept up with him um, all those years. And so he was a big influence on the way I did things. And the other was uh, Steve Osasek. And Steve Osasek was my basketball coach uh, at um, GW. And he, and I worked for him at a summer pool, but he was another influence that gave me so much direction in my life. And uh, especially when I came back after I graduated from high school and college, came back and, and uh, to Sutherland in, in the Alexandria region, trying to find a job. And I graduated in January because I had to go and do um, practice teaching in the fall semester and, and then get that done. So I started out trying to find a job. And I, so I was a substitute. And I got on substituting and in Arlington County for the most part at Wakefield High School. And once the people there, uh, the coaches and whatever, I was I was working every day because they would take a day off or something to, to do game planning or whatever, and I would teach their classes. So that's how I got started. And then I got a job at the, um, at the in Alexandria, a full-time job coach. Uh, teaching in the middle school and I think it was Jefferson Annex on uh, Duke Street that's no longer in existence but I was the third third or fourth teacher uh, for that that for that school in the uh, history uh, department and got the job in March and and <laughs> when I came in the, the, the one the teacher who was leaving was uh, and going on maternity leave and said, oh, by the way, um, term paper, papers are due um, next week. So that, that'll be your first assignment. I said, no, that'll be your first assignment as you go on, on leave. <laughs> you, you took them through the process. You need to do that. So that became a big thing. And then I, I think one thing that really helped Jim um, to, to ground me and to help me, I had a class of students that had to be at the school, eighth graders, older, had to be at school, had no interest in history or anything of that nature. So I went to the principal and I said, look, these people are not interested but in, in history as such, but how about allowing me to take this class and to help them understand how to be a part of the community. And so we brought in my mother worked for the Alexandria um, Health Department. So we brought in coordinators from the health department to, to help them do it. Brought in people from the bank to show them how to set up a bank account and do a budget and do things of that nature. I showed them how to be involved with the different agencies within the, in the community. Because many of them weren't gonna go to, whether they went on to high school or whether they went on to college uh, at that time, 
didn't think they would do that. But these people, they got involved with this kind and they allowed me to do it. And those kids did it. And some of them went on to not only go to high school, but it, they caught on fire with that this, this was something that interests them. So that became a very important part of who I was. Uh, and so from there, um, I, I, um, my dad had gone to St. Christopher's School as a boarder um, back in the in 1920s. So I knew the school, had been down there, knew the people. I had applied to them in January, uh, in, um, in June, I got a call from them, the June of, uh, of that first year I was teaching, which was 1964 uh, in Alexandria, and went down for an interview. And I think this is the important part of this interview. When he walked in, they had the old um, headmaster who was retiring, who I had known had been there when my dad was there as a teacher and then as an administrator. The new AD, the head of the upper school and the head of the middle school. Uh, and I, I was in there. And the first question they asked me is was, what is your philosophy of education? I kind of drew a blank and I said, there's more to education than what's in a textbook. And I came out, my wife was sitting in the car and I came out and the interview went on. I said, we can forget about this job because I just blew it because you know, I told her the experience and I got a call the next day uh, asking me to you know, take the job. And it was for less money than I would have made in Alexandria, obviously. Um, and I went down to the assistant superintendent of schools in Alexandria, uh, Dr. Mackey, uh, for advice. And he gave me two pieces of advice. First, he said, public ed education, this is 1964 now, public education, the way you have known it and grown up with it is changing. If you have an opportunity to go somewhere else, take it. You can always come back home. And so we took it and the rest is history. I was at St. Chris for 43 years. Um, so how did I get in administration um, with that? I think the people, and one other person that really influenced my life was my elementary school uh, principal, Mrs. Beach, at uh, Mari Elementary on uh, uh, Russell Road. Um, and she really influenced me on getting involved, doing things. Um, interesting fact, you know, you have one, one of the things we can talk about that people didn't know you about. The one thing, I used to go to elementary school early in the morning, real early, and help clean the building. Empty the trash, clean the erasers, do all of the stuff uh, before school started. I just loved doing that. And under Mrs. Beach's tutelage, I did that. And, I did, and the lessons she taught me and got me involved and helped me, um, that, that carried on with me also in um, administration. So I, would, I was at St. Chris, I was teaching seventh grade um, and eighth grade, um, sixth grade and seventh grade English history and world geography and coaching. It was a boarding school, so I had boarding duties, you know, so it was a 24-7 uh, type of job. And I was there and I was helping uh, 
um, I did the scouting and helped coach uh, football. I was coaching football, basketball, and baseball because that was part of your duty to, to coach. Um, and then <clears throat> after being there for about um, seven years, I had an opportunity to to come back to Alexandria and um, at Fishbone uh, High School. And I went in and I talked to another person at our school who was a big influence on my, who I am now today, uh, Bob Herzog, who was the uh, head football coach and, and dean of um, the faculty and, and guidance counselor. And many, he had wore many hats too, like all of us. And um, I told him about the job because we were intrigued. We went to boarding school, we come back to Alexandria, my wife was from Alexandria, we had young kids, parents, both parents that lived in Alexandria, we come back. And he listened to what I had to say, and the next day he came back and he said, I want to make, the school wants to make you the assistant athletic director at the school, uh, along with the other things you're doing. Would you be interested in that? And I said, yeah. And so I took, because he was director of guidance and the other things that he had, I did everything that an athletic director did. He, he gave it to me. And the uh, headmaster of the school, the, their philosophy with it, he said, you've got the autonomy to do the job. The only thing you need to remember, don't embarrass us. <laughs> okay. So that's how I, I got involved um, with that. And then when... Um, Coach Herzog retired as a head football coach in 71. I became the head football coach and held that for 28 years. And then when he retired uh, from uh, from the school as the athletic director, I was appointed as the athletic director uh, for that. But along the way, one interesting thing for the people here, along the way, people saw in me something probably I didn't see in myself. Um, and that they kept pushing me and giving me the opportunity to do other things. And I was teaching, I enjoyed teaching sixth and seventh grade. I did that for a while and the school came to me and said, hey, we want to develop a elementary uh, physical, ed physical education program and we want you to do it. And I said, well, I have no background other than coaching in that, but if that's what you want me to do, I'll do it. I was the only person and so we went on and I said, well, you know, we have compulsory athletics. So the whole program was set up with the idea that we would teach age appropriate skills and, the, and to the young kids so that when they got into the middle school, which was at that time was uh, six, sixth grade, um, we would, um, excuse me, um, we would, um, they would have to make a decision on what they were going to play because we had no physique. We, we didn't have a physique program then. Um, it was mainly we had compulsory athletics, so they had to be involved in the season. So it, we wanted to give them the ability to have those skills in order to do that. So I had the opportunity but by doing that, and I did that for years. Um, and I said, I would do it until you got someone who was qualified to run the program. Well, <laughs> That never happened. Uh, finally, they, it did. Um, and, and somebody else, I was able to hire someone who had, had a physical degree, but I went back to DCU, got uh, as many uh, different um, 
courses I took at night in order to, to help develop that program. But it gave me the opportunity to watch these young students from kindergarten through 12th grade. I was involved in their life uh, during that time. So it, it gave me a perspective of, you know, I, I had to be involved, had to know them, and had to show them that I really appreciated what they were doing. So it, it, it really shaped who I was and what I did. Outstanding. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a storied career. And it's still going on. So, well, let's uh, let's bring it back to the VI AAA. How did you get started with the VI AAA and take us through your journey in the association? Well, again, um, when VI AAA, VI AAA in 1995, wanted, or 1990, somewhere in 1994, 95, wanted to get um, the independent schools involved in the association. And so they had talked to, um, uh, there was a, um, a John Hall was the AD at uh, um, Hargrave Military Academy. And they had, talking, they had talked to him. And then I got a call from um, C.A. Burton, who was a legend I knew in college and played with in college and knew. And CA was a head football coach at Clifton Forge. And he called me and said, Would you be interested in trying to help get the independent schools a part of the DIAAA, Athletic Directors and Association? I said, Yes, I'd be more than happy to do that. So we got involved. That's how we got involved. And John and I um, worked with uh, setting it up and getting the people to join, <clears throat> join the association. And then from uh, joining it, then we, we got representatives from each of the regions that we had uh, or the, that the DIAAA, we had our people become region reps. So that evolved and, it, and it's still evolving now and how we do it because what we're looking at now is, is getting those people and other people involved in the different committees. So it's evolved and continued, continued to grow. So that's how I got involved with it. And then um, it was, was interesting. Uh, I believe uh, Carol Corey from Kempsville was the president. And uh, in 1996, um, I was at a board meeting in September and they said, um, are you going to the national conference in Orlando? I said, yes. Well, we want you to take this course. And come back to us and okay. So I take it. So I, uh, Orlando, 80 degrees. I'm sitting in the classroom for eight hours mm -hmm. taking the first part of leadership training program. So we come back, and it was um, Paul Jansen, who was from Fairfax County, uh, is retired. Paul and I were the two that were sent to, to this course. We come back, we give a report in the January meeting, and they said, oh, by the way, we want you to teach this at the state conference. So I got Donna King, Jeff Dietze, Dave Morgan, who was highly involved with it. Uh, and, and we taught it um, at the, in March at the state conference. And Jeff Dietze still mad at me because he wanted, he wanted us to be the first state in the nation to teach this course. In Michigan, Fred Smith beat us by one 
one month. Mm. He's in Michigan. <laughs> and Jeff has never, he's never let me let that down. And then as we got close to the tournament, I mean, to the, um, the conference, they said, oh, by the way, the president-elect of the uh, NIAAA, Don Bale, is coming to to the conference and watching what you all do. So that's how we got started. I still have the two blue binders where all that, that from 1996 that I'll keep forever or give it to somebody later. Because out of that has come all the other courses uh, and the involvement with it. So that's that's how I got involved with the VIAAA. And then uh, Jeff Dietze uh, recommended me to, to he recommended that I uh, apply to be part of the uh, NIAAA um, certification committee, which I I did. I, I applied. I was accepted, uh, and and I served a nine year term on the certification committee. And um, so we went through that evolution. So it was again go back to the statement I gave you. Know, it was with, people saw something in me. Sometimes I didn't see it myself. But they encouraged me to get involved. I was eager to get involved because I learned more. I think I, I learned more from the people I was involved with than they learned from me. Um, but that's that's how we got started, and uh, it's been a it's been a great journey. Now you are uh, you are president for. From 2005 to 2006, you know, are there any highlights from that time? What, what what were the highlights for you during your time as president? Well, there was two things. Uh, there was two issues that went on. One was um, there was an issue, uh, financial issue with the, um, and, and I had gone through, we had sentenced, when I was president, I had already set up the um, BISAA. Um, and, and, and a couple of things we looked at, I had looked at in the uh, BIAAA, and, and that was one was the finance. Uh, and I brought to the board, I said, folks, when's the last time you all uh, filed an income tax return? Oh, we've never done it. I said, well, guess what? If they come after you, we're going to need, we're going to be, we're going to owe all this money. Um, so we looked at that, and I got the person who was the accountant that was that set it up for us, um, Ken and Light. And Ken and Light looked at what we had, and he came back to the board with a report. He, he researched it all for, for us. And he said, you're going to owe taxes for, the, for five years, which was more money than we had in the bank. Mm at the time. So we were looking at almost bankruptcy um, with it. And then <clears throat> he continued to look at it. We got Bobby Stratton involved with the uh, finance part of it. And, and Bobby uh, set up and did a, 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 a tremendous amount of a, a time setting this thing up. The only thing that saved us is that the name of the association had changed um, during this time period, and Ken and Light had found that, and Bobby who researched that out. So it came back in that we only owed one year's worth of of um, money, or that Kenan had negotiated that down along with Bobby. And so we were 
we we incorporated the establishment and we got everything online so we would we were doing tax wise so we got that to footing and then from there evolved in trying to get to, you know because the money that came in that the association um really had was what we were generating at the um state conference um and then that evolved that was one of them and then the, the biggest issue in the public schools at that time was cheerleading and so that that was something I didn't have a, a big background in, but I've, I've learned a lot uh, doing that issue, and we got that kind of solved. So um, that that was the big thing. And then I, you know, um, I guess the other thing was being the, the coming from an independent school, being the president. And whether I had, I had to really juggle to make sure that I understood and was able to make decisions or work on things, but to understand that I was coming into a, 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 a job that I wasn't really in some ways qualified for, but I, I accepted a challenge. And um, I learned a lot uh, working with different organizations, the high school league and the uh, that's great. I mean, a lot of people forget that, you know, the Virginia, uh, the VIAAA is composed of both the independent private schools and the public schools. That was one of the things growing into it. I had no idea. Yeah. And I mean, and it's a great partnership of, for yeah. all of us. Yeah. And I think it's a, a partnership that can continue to grow and become better to serve our student athletes. Um, you know, like I, I tell the people there, the, the, the public schools were already, when I was there, the one thing I said, folks, my name is the only one thing on our website. So I come to you, if there's a problem with an independent school in your area that you think is recruiting your students, let me know. Mm -hmm. I will talk to them and make sure they're doing it in the right way. Um, and we set up within our guidelines things that would, you know, that the, the parents of the student had to make first contact and things of that nature um, that have gone through. So we tried to do that. And, and that I keep telling the public school people, I say, hey, folks, you know, you're talking about us uh, doing it, but, you know, you're all doing the same thing. <laughs> You've got the, all these um, specialty schools. And if um, somebody wants to get into their school because of their football program, they can apply to that special school. They can live not in your district, but if they go to that, they can be a part of your, your team. I said, so you all have the same thing that we have, and but ours is that we have to go out and recruit students to be members of our school. So if we can do it in such a way that um, – it doesn't infringe and we can be partners on this and we you know we're talking before it takes place and i think we can make this partnership work standing you had mentioned that you're a member of the of the national uh certification committee uh certification is a real big uh push for the bi triple as you know uh, you're a certified master athletic administrator you know tell us about your process of certification what it means to you and what are some tips to help others achieve the uh, higher certification? Okay, um, I'll tell you a story. Um, when I took the uh, CAA exam, 
at that time it was a timed exam and the person monitoring that exam when I took it and we took it in uh, Richmond at the state conference, I think, uh, if I'm right, uh, Jeff DC was the, um, he was moderating the, the, uh, the exam and, and Jeff came to us and he's, we were eating lunch. It was two other, Ted Salmon and, and um, Dickie Overton uh, were taking it at the same time. And we were having lunch together, just talking about the exam and, and going over to the last of the things. And, and Jeff walks by and he says, yeah, these two guys, they won't have any problem. But you're from an independent school. There's no way you will pass this exam. I said, hey, Jeff, thanks for giving me a lot of confidence if you go through this. So, you know, being a time exam at that time, you had two hours, 100 questions. And they would give every half hour, they would tell you, you got a half hour and whatever. And when I finally finished it, I think it was, we had 30 minutes left. And I was on question 75. And I had like uh, 10 other questions that I put a, on the paper. <clears throat> and we could use scratch paper at that time. Um, I would put a question mark. So when I finished it, I went up to Jeff and I handed him in my exam, you know, at when the time and I said, you know, Jeff, I think you're right. I don't think I passed this thing, uh, but I did. But what certification meant to me, um, it, it, it certified that I understood how to do my job by the courses we took. And that's one thing that the, the athletic administrators today need to understand. It's a, certified, a certification of you and the information that is imparted to you <clears throat> that you understand how to do your job in these different fields, whether it's the legal, the financial, whatever it might be. And that also now all those courses that you take has a national certification behind it. So, and the point I tried to tell the people in doing this was, Folks, if God forsaken that you have to go to court, the first question I'm ask you is what do you have behind you that, that allows you to be able to do your job? I said, sir, I've got a national certification and I've taken these fundamental courses that have helped me in doing that. Um, and so it gives you a basis to show people that you understand how to do your job. It just, and and I, th I think that's what the young people need to, to understand. It, it's something that certifies who you are and that you understand how the, the fundamentals of doing your job and you're doing it in a certain way because you're doing all the risk management, uh, the crisis management. You're doing all that and setting all that up. And people need to understand that. And I think... I, you know, I still think when you look at it, Jim, the one thing, if I could ever get it done, is to get the state legislature and the schools to understand that everybody has to be licensed to, to, in the state of Virginia, except in the athletic administrator. He has to be licensed as a teacher, but he doesn't have to be licensed as an athletic administrator. And if we ever get the legislature to say, okay, or the State Department of Education to say, okay, you get this certification, 
this is going to you get funding or you get more money for your job because you've taken that step. That's something I'd really like to see get done before I leave this earth. It's funny you bring that up. Utah this week, I don't know if you saw, uh, Utah is pushing for that, you know, almost like a national board certified teacher gets a little bit extra. They're looking for their athletic administrators to be certified and get a, almost like a bonus for being certified. Well, and then the thing is, when I saw that, I went ahead and we and put it on our Twitter um, accounts and said, this needs to get done in the state of Virginia. So we'll, we'll see if we can get that done. Um, but I, I really believe that if you're going to get certification and you are certified, then that should be a part of the requirement for you to have a job or that you have to get it within two years after or two, three years after you get the job. So um, it's an athletic administrator because, again, it protects the, the district, it protects the school, it protects you. Absolutely. Now let's let's go back and we'll talk about the job as an athletic administrator. Let's. Uh, uh, what did you enjoy most about being an athletic administrator? Well, obviously being around the uh, the, the students, uh, it kept me connected with the students, and I had to find ways. I, I was coaching um, football, um, so I, I had a connection there, um, and then. Then with the, the other sports, trying to get them and, and look at them and make decisions to try to get them to become better and uh, what they were doing. Because at that time, most of our students were playing three sports a year. And um, and some of them, in some of our schools, we have a really high proportion of our, our students playing three, three sports during the year. And so we, it, as an association, we try to recognize that. We, we give them a an award, a certificate um, for playing their senior year. If they played the senior year three sports that year, then we send a certificate to the school to be given out to them to recognize that we call it an award of merit. And then we're trying to expand that now that if um, we have uh, students that have played four year, all four years of high school, three sports, then we want to give a we're going to give a plaque to those people to recognize that, to try to promote it, that it's important to, to be involved in more than one sport. Um, so I, I think that that's the one thing. And this is going to sound funny. I really enjoyed the relationship with the parents. <laughs> I really did. You know, it, it, a funny thing, I was I was a head football coach, head basketball coach at the same time at the school for seven years. I think it was. But the one thing we did with the, the basketball, this was back in the 80s, so you know things changed. But in the 80s, um, after the games, we had a, the group, the parents, and I, and my wife, we would go out to dinner after a game or to uh, this place in Richmond called the Robin Inn. And it, 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 it was beautiful. Um, they would sit there and they would, uh, they would complain about this or that, but we were able to sit there and talk about the game and the relationship. And those people from that, that group in 1988, 89, um, we're still friends and get together now. But that, that whole camaraderie 
was important. And we did another thing, which I thought helped build it as a football coach. When we had away games, we would have a picnic after the game with the parents and the players. And that just built that relationship. So um, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, did we have some parents that were disgruntled? Yeah. Um, and I learned a lesson real quick. Um, when the person came in, I would let them vent. They tell me everything they had to say. I would not open my mouth. I would just let them talk. And then when it was over, I would try to summarize what they were saying. This is what I'm hearing you say. Is this what you said? And it really opened up a dialogue where they had an opportunity to push for me or the coach or anybody involved. But then once we were able to settle that down and talk about it, then we were able to um, come up to an agreement on how we would solve the, the situation. So thought that was good. I, I think, you know, if you're looking at this thing, when, I got big ears. So I, I, tell, I tell people, I said, I was given these big ears, I think for a reason that I can, not, I can listen, but I can hear where you're coming from and what's important to you. So I, I think that I, I, just, I just really enjoyed it. The hardest decision Jim I had to make was in 1990 when I became the um, athletic director, when Mr. Herzog retired. And I had to give up working in the elementary school um, PE program um, in order to do that. And that, that was the hardest decision I ever made. And I had to find ways to, meet, to stay connected with those young people. Uh, and I did that in, in, in different ways. But that was a really hard decision because I wanted to be a full-time athletic administrator, but I really enjoyed being with, around those young kids all the time. So, um, but made the decision I got involved. There you go. Now, what is something that you absolutely hated about the job? I use the I use the funny thing. I hated rosters. I hate rosters. If I could get rid of them and never have to look at another one again, life would be good. I think the biggest thing was uh, the biggest thing. I didn't hate it, but I wasn't really great about it because uh, I assumed people were going to keep their commitments, and that was scheduling. That a lot of times I didn't follow up. Uh, to make sure that a weekly, uh, what, what, that week, what the things we had to do. And, uh, but got better at that, got an assistant AD that took that, that kind of role over. Um, and so I, I think the biggest thing was to, to have the time to work with the coaches. And so that all they had to do when they went to, to, to their afternoon, um, and we called that their, their extra class. When they went to practice, all they had to worry about was practice. That everything else was taken care of. So, um, and, and then, you know, it, it, it was good. The one thing I did as athletic director that I'd love to do, which helped me, is that we didn't have enough bus drivers. So I would drive the bus to, to games with the team, whether it was basketball, lacrosse, whatever it might be that needed the big bus. And I did that in football. I drove the bus to the, to the away game. But that kept me connected with the coaches and the players. I really enjoyed that. So I had to find ways of doing that. Um, so 
Now let's uh, let's wrap this up with uh, with you know with your long storied career. What are some absolute? What's some advice or what are some absolute things that an athletic administrator must do to be successful? I think the number one thing is you've got to be able to find ways to build relationships. And if you do that and you develop a relationship that uh, with your coaches and your players and your parents, then you'll get them all on board in what you're trying to do. But you've got to be open to, to being able to do that. You've got to find ways to bring them in and, and make them a part of what you're doing. Uh, I, I think you know, I'm just a happy person. Uh, most of the time, I think you gotta, you gotta, you gotta show that you're really interested in people, um, and you gotta have a happy face. Um, and, and, and one story on that was with the young kids. I'd, I'd come in and I'd have something on my mind or whatever, and I walk into a, a kindergarten PE class, and this little youngster um, one day said, "What's wrong with you?" I said, "What are you talking about?" You look so sad. You know, it, it, so facial expressions became a big thing with me. And, I, and um, so I, I try to, to really engage the person by my facial or my nonverbal uh, communications with them. So I think that's important. Um, as you um, build relationships, uh, is one thing. Um, showing your support publicly when there's a problem for a coach or a player or whatever, and then correcting that um, by it. And then I think the other thing is being honest. Be honest with people. If you don't have an answer, tell them you don't have an answer, and you, but you're going to research it and, and get back to us. I, I think if, if, you, if you honestly, uh, in your conversations and you're doing with them, and then you build that trust and you got to have that trust in order to build a program. Wise words. Great. Uh, especially the listening part. Well, all right. Well, last question. Last question is always the fun question. You know, a lot of people that you know will be listening to this. And a lot of people, you know, of the younger generation probably will be listening to this for the first, seeing you for the first time. Can you tell the listeners something they might not know about Dick Kemper? <laughs> Um, uh, one thing is, uh, for, uh, over 50 some years, I, mean, I automatically wake up at four four thirty every day. I don't have an alarm clock, never had an alarm clock. When I, I knew that my, um, personal health had to be, uh, um, a priority. And how was I going to do that if I coached every, every sport in the afternoon? So my, my, I would use to, I used to leave the house at 3.30 in the morning to get to school and I would work out um, I would answer emails first and or if I had emails to send I would send that because if I sent them that early in the morning people would think I was nuts anyway but then they would but I would have an answer by the time school started or have uh, what needed to do and then I would go work out I would either run um, until my knee went out, and then I would bike. And so I would do that for an hour every morning, and then three days a week at least. Um, in the early morning, I uh, lifted. When I wasn't coaching anymore, I lifted um, every day in the weight room, so I had another way of, of getting uh, in 
part of that. Uh, the one thing for relaxation that people probably didn't know, the one thing I really enjoyed doing is cutting grass. <laughs> I had the key to the tractor. And uh, we had a, we didn't really have a full-time, uh, for some of the years, a full-time fuel maintenance man. So I would take, if it was a heavy day I needed to get away, I just went out, got on that tractor, and I was, either when I was working out or on the tractor, I could think about the, the problems we had and look for possible solutions with that. So I think that um, is some of the things. And they, again, that, that people don't know about it. I, folks, I hate a dirty car <laughs> and I hate dirty windows. So I would wipe my car off almost every day and I still do it. I, I just don't like to ride with with the windows that are uh, messed up or again that's a fetish for windows and uh, that hurts if, if windows are dirty I'm gonna I'm gonna get the I'm gonna go ahead and, and wash windows I just I enjoy doing that stuff well, I know next time I will not park anywhere near you the uh, <laughs> the Harris car is never clean <laughs> well, I can't say I can't say the inside is always clean uh, the, the, the thing is the mats Mm -hmm. in a car drive me nuts uh, and I, I try to keep those clean and the vacuum in it and such but that, I will if it gets too bad I just go to the car wash and say hey give me the, the super you know you, you hey. clean them all you take the inside you own them all I mean I own all I, well I'm, I'm just thinking here this morning Jim you like this I was sitting this morning I said you know uh, the other day, I went out and, and cleaned the car off again to come for the snow we had last weekend, and the salt and stuff went on the. Uh, I got the car all clean, armor all all the stuff on the outside and the inside. And I said, you know what? I cleaned the tires so that I put the tire black on the tires. You know, we're supposed to get snow today. <laughs> I get to do that again. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, but that's, you know, that's part of it. And then I, I still try, like, when we finish this conversation, I'm going to around my bike, uh, get my exercise in for the day, and, uh, and then come back and answer whatever comes on in email. So, well, I appreciate you taking your time out of the day to come jump on the road with the VIAAA. It was very informative. It's, it's great uh, to have you. You know, past presidents and people still involved to, to remind us of where we where we've been and now where we're going. Yes, and, and where we are right now. Yes, uh, and the exciting thing is to is to Jim is to watch the growth of this association and how can I or and other past presidents how can we help the younger generation get involved like we did because the demands on their job is a lot more than what we had. And how can we do that and, um, and help them and, and encourage them to get involved and be a part of it? And that's something I really, really enjoy doing. I appreciate it. And uh, you know, we look forward to many more conversations with you. Thank right. you again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. That's all the time we have for this edition of On the Road with the VIAAA. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VIAAA95, on Instagram at VIAAA1995, 
The video edition of this podcast can be found on YouTube. Just search VIAAA. Our website is VIAAA.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time.